Uh, welcome to Fire Recovery. My name is Jordan. I'm Bryce. Um, I, I am an addict of about 11 years now. I'm a father of an addict of 11 years now. Um, we decided to, this is our very first episode, we decided to get together and kind of thought it'd be a good idea to share our experiences um, and trials that we've been through as, as individuals and a family. And, uh, you know, I, I am an alcoholic, a drug addict. Um, I started abusing alcohol when I was 16. Um, you know, after that came weed and prescription pain pills. <clears throat> and, you know, and after that came street pills, heroin, fentanyl, you know, blackouts after blackouts. Um, nodding out and finding having family members and friends find, found finding me knotted out and in my car in my in my room closets whatever um, and my went I went from you know kind of a fun party stage to into very heavy miserable addiction for. About five years. As a parent, we I've been through. We've been through trying to decide if we saw a problem, maybe even some denial, to figuring out ways how do we help, to struggling with enabling, kicking them out, uh, dealing with lies and stealing and police and. You know, thought you know, concerns of suicide and just all the hell that you go through when you're trying to worry about a child that's an addiction and how do you help them? And when you finally realize that there's nothing you can do, it's a cool. It's actually a cool time to be doing this now. Um, with where I'm at, where we're at as a family, you know, a few years ago, like you mentioned, suicide. I was, I attempted suicide a few years ago and it was unsuccessful. Um, to now, you know, I'm be, I'll be moving on to, uh, IOP, which is night treatment three nights a week. Um, I've made it further than I ever have in treatment and I've actually, I actually feel like I've got some real recovery under my belt this time. Um, yeah, it's been, it hasn't been an easy road to get here. It's been, it's been uh, a long one full of you know, of all kinds of just miserable and miserable experiences that uh, ultimately shaped me into, shaped my perceptions and me as a person into, um, you know, who I am today and where I'm headed, which I, I'm proud of today. So um, to go from where I was a few years ago to... You know, having less, you know, materialistic, materialistically speaking, having less than I ever have. Um, you know, I'm I'm by far <clears throat> by far more rich in a lot of ways than you know than I have been in the past. And um, you know, when I when I had the house and I had the 
the nice truck and the trailer and the dirt bikes and all the toys and you know the girlfriend at home the baby at home all the you know living up out in the hills kind of like my dream setup really i was i was miserable and that was when i attempted suicide um and you know here we are in 20 2023 just barely turned 27 a few days ago and um now i'm back living with my parents and you know i've got i lost i've obviously lost all that stuff over the course of the last few years um you know between jail stints and and rehab in and out of rehab and you know so um definitely in a, in a in a different position materialistically speaking but um mentally and, and spiritually speaking physically speaking um i'm in a whole nother world so yeah i, would, I guess i'd say as a, a parent you know Obviously, this has been something that we've been in and, you know, been through with you for years. Uh, the very first time going into rehab, you kind of, we kind of had this, maybe this unrealistic expectation thinking, you know, hey, go through rehab, they'll, they'll fix them and everything will be great. And then, then it's the second time, then it's the third time, then it's the fourth time. And so then you get a little bit jaded to just wondering when's the hammer going to drop the next time and when do you let you know do you can you ever let down your guard and how do you feel like things are better things are right you know i it's, it's something that we've learned a lot through the whole process and still learning um yeah well we as you know we as addicts i, I heard somebody say if there was a cure for addiction, uh, a pill that would cure you of addiction, I'd see what four of them would do. You know what I mean? Like, there's we're always looking for a cure or, you know, the easy way out. And that's what it was, like, going to a... And when it finally came down to it, when I was really... I didn't want to go when I was really forced to go. I didn't really have another option but to go to residential treatment for the first time. Um, I was looking for a quick, you know, I'll, I'll be there for 30 days. I'll come back out and I'm good. I just needed to get my head clear, you know, and 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 then I had it figured out at that point, and <laughs> that was that was round one of four. <clears throat> One of the questions that always kind of lingers in my head is, is that I sometimes I sit there, you know, in, in prior to us going through this with you, a lot of times any sort of experience I'd had with people that were battling with addiction, I'd seen maybe their dad was a criminal, their, you know, they grew up in a in a, a foster home, or their parents were addicts, and so they grew up as a crack baby, and so. You know, I'd say our family, we were kind of more the traditional middle-class family. Um, and so sometimes it's been a little bit, a lot of questions go in my mind. How did we wind up a middle-class family, church-going family, and, you know, really not 
not a lot of contention in the home or things like that, how did we wind up with, you know, how did we wind up with an attic, you know? And because you, sometimes that's someone else. That's not the, the squeaky clean little middle-class church-going family. Yeah, and I, now with the perspective, what I've learned over the past few years and the perspective I have now, I can look back and see, you know, like I said at the beginning of the video, I've been an addict for 11 years. You know, I'm 27 now. But looking back before I even started drinking or using, I, I can see a lot of those behaviors, you know. And that's I, I realized that drugs and alcohol weren't my problem. They were my solution to a way that of thinking that I had and, and my, you know, just my view on the world and just an escape from the way I process things in life. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, we, we had, you know, it was pretty, like, the pretty average middle-class family for a while until it wasn't. We went from middle-class to pretty well-off there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a big change. There, there was, there was a, a pretty level come up a huge spike and a massive come down yeah we and definitely I think had some pretty traumatic things happen that i i don't think as we've talked and i think it's something we'll cover in these videos as we get through it there are some things that i was dealing with from a business legal standpoint that it really it wasn't until just a few months ago and this was this started in 2010 so this was 13 years ago uh, almost almost 13 years ago to the day that it started that I and it was just a few months ago I realized how much it really affected the kids I knew it affected you guys but I didn't realize how much it affected you and when we went through our legal battle and we'll we'll get into that we'll in later videos we'll explain kind of what he's talking about, where it went up and then crashed and a lot of stress in the family. You think that was a pretty significant contributor to? Um, yeah, I mean, it was more so the behavior around it. Like, there was a lot of, you know, with, with the media attention it had and everything, It was there was a lot of trying to act like it wasn't a thing um i i had already you know grown up and riding riding dirt bikes and racing bikes and stuff and even rodeo and stuff you kind of and, and a lot of the ways we grow up you kind of you know you taught us to be tough and you know kind of suck things up and be a man about it and and i think that played into that too you know because it was like I said, with the media attention and everything, it was it was something that a lot of my close friends didn't even know was going on, and because I, I put on a face and I acted like it didn't happen, and it, and it when it got to a point where, you know, when wedges in the family were happening, you know, our relationships were deteriorating, and. Um, and it was just kind of 
too much for me to handle and I couldn't act like it was a thing. That's when I started, I, about the time when I started drinking and that was when I found out that alcohol worked pretty damn good in being a, being a friend for me at the time. And, you know, alcohol and partying was the other part of it. It wasn't just alcohol, it was the whole lifestyle of, of just of being with friends and, and partying and having a good time and just everything we did, you know, revolved around escaping reality. And everyone had their own battles and, and you know, we all escaped in the same way and and some of us handled it better than others obviously and um and like I said a lot of my a lot most of the people I was with didn't even know the situation so that was it was a lot of that and that's kind of a behavior it's that solidified the behavior in me of just acting like I was fine when I wasn't and just bottling stuff up and and you know I had to kind of grow up quick whether whether that's you know whether it was factual or not that was my perception on things was now looking back you know that was my perception was that I had to grow up quick and I had to figure it out myself like right then and you know, I, I did okay for myself doing it then, you know, making my own money. And, you know, there was a time where where uh, where mom asked me to help, if I could help pay bills, I remember in high school. And so it was crazy going from, you know, landing a helicopter on a houseboat to within a year, um within a year having to help having my parents asking me to if I could possibly help pay bills that month and so it was just it was a complete there was a big culture shock in both directions up and down over the course of what six seven years yeah at least something like that and we definitely got a lot to unpack and seeing what history what what environment created it, what, you know, I'm curious as to how much history, uh, addiction, or how much uh, genetics plays into it, how much history plays into it. Yeah, well, and kind of the background of my usage was, uh, like I said, I started drinking around 15, 16 and it, that's how it started off was was partying, just having fun, seemed innocent at the time. Um, you know, and I did, I did have some really good times back then. Some really good times, you know. And what's funny is those kids I hung out with, same group of friends, they don't, they, they don't know where I'm at today. They don't. They don't, uh, they didn't know I just went through my fourth rehab. They don't know any of that, you know. They they were just party friends, and that was it. And so it, it kind of went through that party and drinking in high school. I think I smoked weed like once or twice through high school and then 
um, after high school, I uh, started smoking weed pretty regularly. Um, you know, all through this time riding dirt bikes, I was I'd had injuries from rodeo, riding dirt bikes, and um, had pain pills. You know, and I, they'd never been everything from broken broken jaw to ribs, arms, stuff like that. I've I'd had pain pills before, and I I didn't really care for them. Um, I do remember a time, one time in high school, a friend of mine knew I had some because of my injuries and he asked me if he could have some. And so we, I had some extras and we, one day we ended up taking a couple of them just for fun. And I was like, oh, that's, that was the first time I remember being like, oh, these are kind of fun to take. And then, but it wasn't, I think I was it must have been 17 or 18 then. Um, it was right before I got a DUI when I was 17, you know, and I I continued. I snuck out of the house like two nights later after getting a DUI. might have been the next night and snuck back in the house drunk, knocking stuff over, puking, and had alcohol poisoning. I'm sure you remember that night. I don't know. So many things but, are so blur, and and then so many things I, I sit there and think back of what I, kind of suspected. But then as a parent, you tend to rationalize, going, "Well, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's this, and maybe it was just that one time." And you know, you wonder where you should have cut things off, cut some more wood, and throw it on the fire. Um. But yeah, so that was the first time I remember. Actually, uh, let me grab some. Actually, realizing that I enjoyed the feeling of them, and but I, I don't, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> whoops. Uh, anyway, so that's, I remember liking the feeling for the first time, and it, but it wasn't really a thing for me. And then um, I started, like I said, after high school, smoking weed a lot um, and drinking as well. And then I, by this time I'd already developed a, a habit, you know, and the weed was kind of one thing for me that was a catalyst to me realizing that I could do a drug every day and still function. And so when I started doing, when I realized that, and I started doing that consistently, um, that became a thing. And then I broke my back riding dirt, dirt bikes not too long after and got put on a maintenance script for pain pills. And, you know, once, once, once that became an issue with pain, once I got physically addicted to those things, it was, you know, it was taking those every day and, um, and I couldn't function without those. And this wood sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've got a lot to, I think there's a lot we can talk well, about and the, the the key for these videos is that we can kind of take different aspects of the history of 
what we learned as parents, what we've learned so far. Like I said, we're still learning, but what, you know, what you've gone through and maybe people can take from our experiences and maybe not make it so difficult or they understand what they're going through from both sides and we can figure out ways to that our story can be maybe help one other person, you know, so. Yeah, that would, that's kind of the whole idea behind this. And, you know, they have AA and NA and Al-Anon and they're all, you know, they're separate things, you know, and there's, as far as I know, there's not anything publicly of, you know, an addict and a non-addict family member talking about the whole situation together, so I think it could give a an interesting perspective on things. Well, I will come back and each time just kind of break down some of the different histories so that they understand it's some of the things that we went through and and how we're here in, a, in, I'd say, a pretty good spot right now. And so it's at least get some, give some hope to people that even though it goes on for a few years, you can get to a point where you're in a good spot. And our fire's out, so maybe our video should end. <laughs> we'll do a little bit better job of building our fire next time.